Woo, awesome. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Harder to Kill podcast. This week I'm doing something a little bit different. I um, have my active life coach on over Zoom. So, oh my gosh, my computer's already making like little noises for me. So I'm recording this on Zoom. It's my first time. So we'll see how it goes. Gosh, okay. So I have Dr. Kaylin Ashby. Hello. Hello. (laughs) All right. So let's start. Um, Give me a little bit of your background, where you're from, how you got hooked up with me. (laughs) So um, I live in a little suburb just out of Boise, Idaho. I am a physical therapist. Uh, I work outpatient orthopedics uh, for my full-time job. And then I've been with the active life uh, for over a year now and Shannon for over six, six or seven months now, um, got hooked up with her to help her with some back pain. So um, getting her in the gym, getting her strong and doing things that way. And it's been a, a fun journey. So, yeah. So like on a scale of one to 10, like how fun though? Uh, I'm going to be real. Probably started at like a, like a three. And then like, once we started doing like weekly zoom calls, I feel like I jumped like easily to like an eight. Just took that, a sec for Shannon's like initial shell to kind of peel off and like actually start to get to know me a little bit more. So, yeah, um, I just, I started out with a lot of uncertainty and I'd been dealing with this back stuff for like five years. And so it's just being very like skeptical and just unsure and just, you know, that sort of stuff. So it's absolutely. Just, I mean, which I totally understand that, you know, I'm a coach too. Right. So I'm like, I completely understand that people come in and they don't just trust you automatically and they don't just buy in the, you know, right away. It can like take some time to like build that rapport and all that stuff. So, so are, are you giving me a score of an eight out of 10 as a client? Uh, yeah, definitely. Dude, that's only a B. So I'm just wondering, like, (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty used to being like a straight A student, you know what I mean? So I guess I'm just wondering, is there like extra credit or? (laughs) I mean, I feel like the podcast is probably extra credit. We'll see how it turns out, how many pieces (laughs) it gets to, and then we'll reevaluate and see how it goes. Well, um, my podcast skills are lower than an eight out of 10, so. (laughs) It's okay. So so Uh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to redeem myself with the podcast. Just feel lucky to be on the podcast. So it was cool. It was a really cool invitation. Like, um, it's only happened to me a couple of times. That's pretty cool. That really, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, That's only happened to me a couple of times. Awesome. I have an estimated audience of less than a hundred though. So it's cool. It's all right. Not that prestigious. Uh, Gives gives me lots of practice. Um, it is special though, because I do this podcast, especially for our members. Um, so one of the reasons that I brought you on was because you are a physical therapist and Mm -hmm. there's been kind of some changing times with kind of the relationship that we have with physical therapy and CrossFit and injury and that sort of stuff. So, um, we have a little bit of a background in talking with our members about this stuff. We had, um, another physical therapist, Dave Haggerty, and he came and gave us a seminar. Um, so I don't want to like necessarily rehash his material, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to talk more about kind of the, I I don't know, I am not in the physical therapy world. So I guess you can tell me like how you feel about, um, kind of some new relationships and like ways people are looking at physical therapy, especially, you know, we're like related to CrossFit. Right. So I, I want to relate every, most of the stuff we're talking about to CrossFit because that's like what's relevant, you know, to our members. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, I think it might be worth noting too, that you are a member at a CrossFit gym, correct? Yes, I am. Yeah. What What CrossFit Fireside? Um, I wanted, I've, I dabbled in CrossFit while I was in grad school. My classmate is actually a, a level two CrossFit coach and, um, full disclosure like when I first started grad school I was like into bodybuilding and was like well CrossFit just creates injuries and Mm -hmm. very closed-minded um he even commented on our Facebook group and was like uh I coach at a gym if you want to come and I was like this guy like right (laughs) um but he ended up being like one of my best friends and uh 
he invited me out to some of his classes. And so I went and tried it out. And then just for like time efficiency sake, kind of liked what I got out of it and really enjoyed it. So dabbled with that during grad school. And then um, really just like the culture that CrossFit has more so than anything else. Like love the um, the vibe I get in the gym and the feel of, of joint suffering with the other members. And I wanted to better understand and be able to better provide services, not only as a coach um, for active life, but also in my practice. So I could help more CrossFitters because there's just not a lot of PTs that really hang out in that realm. They just, they don't. So I wanted to get more context, more experience and start doing a lot of the similar movements at a higher capacity. Awesome. I mean, so my reasonings for joining active life is basically the same idea. You know, I wanted to, I think it's nice for a coach to have a coach and I just, I kind of wanted to learn the other side of that, like rehab, um, accessories, like injury prevention, you know, just to kind of like learn that sort of stuff because whether you do CrossFit or not, I mean, you, you can be injured. Right. I mean, a, mm-hmm. a lot of times, I mean, you can verify this, but people just working their jobs and living their lives are just as have just as many issues, um, as people who are trying to do some sort of exercise or, you know, weightlifting mm-hmm. CrossFit, like anything like that. And so anyways, from my perspective, like I thought, okay, well I can benefit twofold, you know, from this program. Mm-hmm. So, um, I looked at it from that perspective and I think that that's helped me a lot. And I think it's made me a better coach as well to, to helping people like with their aches and pains and their, you know, stuff like that, because for most people in CrossFit, I mean, it's especially like at our gym, um, most people don't have like debilitating injuries, right? So it's usually smaller things that can be helped with accessory work and, you know, modifying movements and like things like that. Mm-hmm. No, totally. And, uh, um, I think like you going through this and then we've talked a little bit about our immersion program and like that we try to provide that education for some coaches, yeah. but I think going through it and having been through the journey gives you a much better perspective, not an expectation for, I think mm-hmm. for your members and for people that are in pain, right. That are having a tougher time with things of like the frustrations and the, not only physically, but mentally that, that go mm-hmm. along with that. And to your point earlier, where you're like people with, who are just working their jobs generally have like aches and pains, not just people who are working out. I would, I would say that people that are working out generally have less aches and pains when they're doing their, their work functions. Um, yeah. I'm a big, ad, we're big advocates for people staying fit in the gym so that they can do their lives better. Um, which sometimes I feel like gets lost, um, in the CrossFit space. I think we see that a lot where, um, people's, I don't want to say egos, but people want to keep up, right. They want to RX everything, or they want to push things all the time and sacrifice opportunities outside the gym. So they, you know, I've had a number of clients that can, that can deadlift three times their body weight, but then they can't go home and play with their kids on the floor. Yeah. So I think we get a mix of priorities there sometimes, but yeah, definitely. And I, I think that's the job of a coach to get people to, to realize that, um, we like to point that sort of stuff out here too, you know, like you don't want to overdo it and get yourself injured. And then you have to take time off from the gym. So you might as well just scale it back a little bit and then not do that. Let's just skip over that part and let's just continue to train because people who, can avoid injury as much as possible and not overtraining will be able to train longer and harder over time and then become fitter than a person who has more of an all or nothing mentality to where like they're training so hard and you know, over I'm talking about like overtraining, not just like pushing yourself in the gym. I'm talking about legit, like overtraining, getting injuries, then having to take time off and going on this constant cycle. You're going to be less fit in a year than the person who avoided that. Absolutely. Totally agree. If you can stay within your current tissue capacity for longer periods of time, your, your tissue will adapt, right? Like mm-hmm. Your capacity will go up. But if you, if you exceed your capacity of your tissue and then have to go back, then your tissue capacity is lower. Then you try to jump back in when you're feeling better and you're constantly just kind of 
over your threshold and can never really get the adaptations that you want. Yeah. And so it does take time, you know, and coaching and just repeating yourself over and over. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it does help. Like we see people almost every day or several times a week in the gym. So we are able to, you know, see them a lot and get a good idea of, you know, what they're doing and can coach them based on how they're feeling and what they've done in the past and stuff like that. So, um, I wanted to ask you earlier, like, why, why do you think that CrossFit is kind of like taboo in the physical therapy world? Um, I think it's lack of familiarity, if I'm going to be honest. Okay. So when you go to, when you go to, when you go to physical therapy school, you graduate a very general practice person, right? You don't come out really specializing in anything unless mm-hmm. you go and, and do some sort of orthopedic residency or sports residency after you graduate for about a year or so. You come out, the field is so large that you can range from pediatric ICU to geriatric home health to to cardio, right? So you, you can fill in so many realms. And so I think you don't come out with a a thorough knowledge of like barbell movements and those activities. And I think the media also like portrays that a lot, like kind of demonizes CrossFit because we're afraid Mm -hmm. we're, we're not familiar. And so we just said, that's not safe. That's not functional. That's not, you know, yeah. Cause you just assume, Oh, if they have a barbell and they're picking up heavy weights, it's gotta be unsafe. Yeah. Not, not necessarily. I mean, yes. I think a lot of the general population from physical, like a physical therapy standpoint, like they don't, and they're also unsure of how to, how to correct it. Right. Or how to, how to create that relationship because there's no, there's not a lot of commonality there. Right. So Mm -hmm. you're starting to, I think you're starting to see that more, at least in the, in the spaces that I operate in. Um, And part of this is my bias because of where I hang out and the people that I associate with um, that we're seeing more people start to incorporate barbell training into their rehab right? Starting to see people move some heavier weights into their rehab. So they're stronger and healthier, more resilient humans outside. Um, and I think I'm, we're starting to see that, that paradigm kind of shift away mm-hmm. from traditional PT of just like, Hey, like lots of modalities like ultrasound and electrical stimulation and massage to, Hey, like let's do some things to get your nervous system to calm down. And then let's, let's, get your tissues to adapt through movement, through strength, through desensitization, those types of opportunities. So that's, yeah, so, I think it's shifting. Yeah. So it's shifting just because probably as CrossFit kind of gains more popularity and just more people like in general know that it exists and a lot of the media and, you know, like our social media, I mean, we're just highlighting regular people mm-hmm. doing CrossFit. It isn't elites or professionals. Right. And so Mm -hmm. as soon as it's just kind of human nature, right. As soon as you see someone that you identify with, you know, someone that you see as like your equal or someone like familiar to you doing something, it kind of opens your mind to maybe what you might be capable of. Right. And so as that kind of gains steam and gains, gains momentum, like there's gotta be some sort of like gap bridged, right. Between like traditional physical therapy and like rehab, um, and people who also want to maintain their fitness, maintain their strength, stuff like that. Right. Because I think in Mm -hmm. the past, like, it's kind of always been like, I I would, I would say from a, from being a CrossFit person, CrossFitter for the last nine years, um, I've gone to physical therapy a few couple different times, like over the years. And I have a very like lackluster experience with it. And pretty much like, wow, this is like doing me no good. You're giving me a band and you're telling me to do leg lifts. And I'm just like, this is not what, this is not the stimulus. Like a, I'm used to doing things that are actually difficult to do, you know? And so it just, it was hard for me to like get that buy-in of like, this is actually going to help me or do anything for me. And so like, from my perspective, I was just like, well, physical therapy is just not for this sort of thing. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like the conclusion that I came to. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm just finding, especially with like active life, um, I'm finding that there are people who have recognized that and are starting to 
you know, change the times a little bit. Yeah, no, totally. And I think I'm going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate for your physical therapist for just a second (laughs) Uh, in that we don't always necessarily need things to be crushingly hard. Yeah, I know. Like I, I totally agree with you, right? Like the, the stereotypical, like three sets of 10 with some sort of like light TheraBand where you're doing like 500 external rotations and yeah. you're like okay cool like my shoulder doesn't do it's not nothing's happening yeah like, I totally hear that like but there are opportunities sometimes where we're just trying to get things to cool off or we're trying to get things to be not sensitive anymore by using other techniques which are not going to feel crushingly hard because that's not the purpose I totally yeah. hear you and like like I said understanding your frustration there because I see it I, I I mean even now in outpatient ortho and like where I'm at like in I see that all the time of mm-hmm. people like, oh yeah, like I get three sets of 10 with this, you know, green TheraBand for my ankle or for this. So thing. when, when you say uh, outpatient ortho, are you talking about people coming out of like surgery? Sometimes. So it doesn't have to be surgical. Um, okay. They can be. Um, I see, I would say probably half of my caseload is surgical and half of it's not. Okay. So we, we also see this like general aches and pains, like knee pain, okay. tendonitis, tendinopathies, those types of things that are referred by um, referred over from like various orthopedic surgeons or things like that. They're like, well, let's try some PT first. Yeah. I was just wondering because to me, it's definitely different to be coming out of a surgery than it is to be just like, Oh, my shoulder's been like kind of hurting when I do pull-ups, you know what I mean? And I think too, like now, um, Dr. Dave was telling me that Iowa is a direct care state. Direct access or direct access, like whatever. I don't know the exact terms. I'm not a medical person. I would like to put that out there. I know nothing about it at all. Um, so, okay. Direct. what do you say? Access. Direct access. Yep. Okay. So like I can literally call a physical therapy office and I could make an appointment today for whatever reason. And, um, yeah, so I could go in or whatever. So, um, I actually forgot where I was going with that. So I'm going to, I'm going to speak to that for just a second. Yeah, go ahead. The only, the only, the only caveat to that is yes. You can absolutely. You can call a PT. We're licensed and able to do that. But is it like that in Idaho? It's like that. And I think it's in almost every state in the U.S. I think every state okay. is direct access. I want to tell you. But, well, so he came from Missouri, and it's not like that there, or at least it wasn't at the time. But I just I have a quick side note. I mm-hmm. just remembered this. So one of my best friends, like in all the world, moved to Idaho for a while, and I was really oh. annoyed about it. I was really annoyed about it, and I called it Schmidaho. Because <laughs> I'm like Idaho, Schmidaho. Like, why the hell would you move to that state? It was her for her husband for his job or whatever. And so she lived there for like a year or two or something like that. So anyway, go on. Now every time you say Idaho, I, in my head I hear Schmidaho. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best part of that was when you were sending me pictures of you buried in snow and I was sitting outside in a t-shirt in the sun. Yeah, yeah. in the sun. You're like, <laughs> you're like I'm so your- sad. <laughs> Yeah, you were telling me I need to do my mindset walk outside. I'm like, bro, I can't, I'm it's not going naked. outside. <laughs> I'm like, why? It's 55 degrees and sunny. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, you're like, it's just a little cold. I'm like, no, it, no, that's not what it's like, actually. <laughs> but, anyway, sorry, uh, I derailed you. No, you're so fine. go ahead. You're, go fine. On. you're totally fine. But so the only caveat to direct access is insurance, right? You, yeah. you pay for your health insurance. So some health insurance companies require a physician's referral for them to cover it. So that's the difference. Yes, you absolutely can come and see whoever you want for whatever reason. But does that mean your insurance is going to pay for it? Not necessarily. Like, so my my recommendation for everybody is if they do want to go see a PT or they feel like they need to go see a PT because it's outside the realm of the coach, which we are really our, our whole mission as a company is to change, help kind of change that to, to help coaches be that first line of defense for a lot You're of You're referring to injuries. active life now. Active life. Okay. Yeah. As a, as active life coaches, like that's yeah. one of our big missions is, um, is to have the coach become the healthcare provider of the future, right. Yeah. For them to, you guys yep. see and spend more time with these people than any of us could ever hope to from a, a health as PTs in a right. healthcare system. And so we, we want you guys to be that first line of defense. And so we're working really hard towards that. But if you do want to go see a PT because it's outside the scope of your coach, uh, I just usually recommend they call their insurance and see if they need a referral or not. If they don't, great. If they do, then they have to go see a physician. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think at the time that I went, 
my insurance didn't require that I had a referral, but they were not big into really covering much of the services. And so it does, it is pretty expensive. Um, however, it's kind of like what I tell people when they are prospective clients for our gym. Um, you're making an investment and you're paying someone to help you solve your problem. That's mm -hmm. not a cheap endeavor. It's not a cheap thing to do, but um, right. it's sort of like, how much time do you want to spend in pain? How much time do you want to backtrack? How much time do you not want to be reaching your goals? You know, how much time do you want to go by to where you just remain the same or possibly get worse? Um, and so I'm normally like, if this is really what you want, if you really want this problem fixed, or you really want to get strong, or you really want to lose weight, like you have to make this investment and get started. Right. Yeah. And just like, so, I mean, that's kind of the thing with physical therapy. I mean, you've gone to school for several years, you have lots of training, like that is worth dollar bills. Right. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm sorry, if you want to fix your problems yourself, like you can totally go to PT school, like good luck. <laughs> right. Yeah. Figure it out. Invest a lot more money than you're going to pay for this. I promise. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I totally get it. And like, um, I, I totally agree with you, right. You need some skin in the game is usually what I'll call that. Like you need to, like, it's going to make you much more accountable and you're going to get much more out of it if you're willing to invest into doing that. And I usually ask people, I'm like, well, if you could snap your fingers and your problem goes away, like how much is that worth to you? How much is it worth for you to be able to go to your kid's soccer game and run up and down the field? How much is it worth for you to be able to throw your kid in the air when they ask you to, or to crawl around on the floor? How much are those yeah. memories, how much are those opportunities worth to you? If it's worth $55, then you could probably go get a massage, right? <laughs> but if it's worth, but if it's worth, if I said, hey, if you snap your fingers and that pain goes away, how much would you pay for that? Yeah. Right. That that's what you're looking at is how much is that? How much are those opportunities or missed opportunities? Like you said, worth to you. Yeah. And you know, every person has a different answer and some people just aren't ready for the commitment. They're not in their rock bottom or their toughest spot. They're just not there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or what they want. They don't want it bad enough over other things that they do, which is totally mm -hmm. fine. Like I get, you have to prioritize your life. I mean, they're there is no other way to do that. You can't do everything equally well, or you can't spend equal amounts of time on everything or you're, you do nothing well. Right. So it's like, right. you really only have a few things you can really devote your time and money to. And so I totally understand, like for people that sometimes they just can't prioritize it. I mean, yeah. I, I, I am in those cycles myself where, um, like for instance, for me, for the summer, I really can only concentrate on maintaining my fitness. I'm not really able to do anything above that or take anything to the next level at this time. And so even though it might set me back getting to my goals, I don't really have a choice because I literally cannot prioritize it over the other things that I need to do. And so right. sometimes, you know, that's just like where people are at. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, how do you deal with that? Like in your situation because, um, I've heard PTs tell me before that, like, well, I have to deal with people who don't want to be here and they don't want to work with me. Mm -hmm. like, Can you, you I'm yeah. All the time. Okay. Yeah. Cause all like active life isn't like that because I've paid money to like come to you. Like no right. one has told me I have to be an active life member <laughs> chose it. You no, know? <laughs> no, yeah, totally. Well, I think, I, I think I've told you a number of times, but other than that, like, but oh. no, no, totally. Like it, in, in the world of rehab, right? Like there are a lot of people that think that they want things. And then when you ask them to do the thing that is going to get them the thing that they want, they're not willing to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. They, I have a, like a great, like I have a patient that I've been treating right now. And we had the conversation yesterday. Like she hasn't done her exercises one time at home. She's like, I just, I can't get my force. I can't force myself to do it. And I'm like, well, you want to do X, but you don't want to do the work to get there. So that's mm -hmm. not going to work. Or a lot of times I have, I have patients that are, are sent by their work or they're sent because they got injured at work or yeah. they're sent, you know, and they, you know, they don't necessarily want to be there or they, 
like you said, they don't want it bad enough. It's not, it's not hindering their life enough right? to really want to change their behavior. Because at the end of the day, like getting most of the people, getting most people out of pain or back to, you know, normal uh, quote unquote function mm -hmm. requires behavior change, doing the mm -hmm. same thing you've always done, get you the same thing you always got. Right. Yeah. But people are resistant to change. They have routine, they have programs, mm -hmm. they have habits that are harder to, to unintegrate and yeah, it takes 100%. time and consistency. Yeah. And so 100%. Yeah. Getting people so to hard. understand as soon as they're like, Oh wait, this is going to be work. Uh, I don't totally think I do that now. Totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. But at the same time, like I was talking, I, I have a student that I'm teaching right now. And I was like, Hey, this gal that we're treating, like she basically lives her life, her daily life at one rep max. Like her getting up off the couch is a one rep max effort. Oh my God. Every single time. Like that's how her life is. Right. So how much better would her life be if we could increase her capacity? Well, probably drastic, but it's going to yeah. take a lot of work. Can you imagine living your life at one rep max and then wanting to do more work? Like that's hard. That's yeah. hard to, to want to drive home. Yeah. Um, I totally understand that. And when I'm out in the public, I, I routinely think this of people, like when, when you see people who just struggle like to walk and I, I just, I sometimes feel bad because I'm like a fast walker. I'm very impatient type person. Um, I've had to get better at that with, um, coaching and having children, but you know, I'm just a human. Right. So, um, I like to get every, I like to get in and get out. Like I like to get shit done. You know what I mean? So at the mm -hmm. grocery store, I'm like a terror through that place. I'm not walking around there just looking at everything. I'm like, I'm grabbing shit. I'm throwing it in my car and I'm getting checked out and I want to get the hell out of there. I, I generally like been like to do, um, online mm -hmm. pickup lately instead of having to like go into the grocery store. So I'm like running around the grocery store, you know what I mean? And sometimes like you'll blow past somebody who has to use their cart to help them walk. You know what I'm saying? And it's people of all ages, you know, it's not just mm -hmm. like elderly people. And, um, sometimes I feel bad that I can just easily walk past them. And it just make it, it makes me put it into perspective that like, I should not take it for granted that I, that this is easy for me to do because it's not easy for everybody, you know, and they don't know where to start. And thinking about trying to do work to change it is like super overwhelming and difficult. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it, man, humans are just, it's mind blowing. Right. You know? Uh, yeah, they're hard creatures. We're very <laughs> difficult creatures at times. Yeah, definitely. So, um, how are you at your CrossFit gym? Like how, how do you respond to like the coaching? Do you like, are you a, are you a good student? Are you a good, a good member? Are there qualifications to being a good member? <laughs> yeah, I do. Actually. I th I thought about it a lot like this last week, Shannon, I've talked a lot about like the programming at my gym and again, the downside of being a PT and like also dabbling or also working for active life is like understanding volumes and movements and like the amounts mm -hmm. of volumes that we're accumulating in certain movement patterns. And so like yesterday we had like a really heavy squat session after the day before we had really heavy, uh, squat cleans, right. We had like 30 oh. squat cleans for time. And then the next day was like, Hey, you're going to work at like 80 to 85 of your one rep max for like five sets of back squats. And then we're wow. going to do a whole bunch of box jumps. And I'm like, this is really dumb. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that. So I yeah. think, I think it's hard for me because I do want to be a good, a good example in that I want to be participative in the class, right? Like, I don't want to show up and be like, I know better, like, this is my thing, but I yeah. also don't want to put my own health at risk. And so, yeah. or my own, my own tissues at risk. And so, um, I, I feel like I am open and I, I do a lot of the programming and work with the coaches a lot, but I'll pull them or I'll go talk to them and just say, Hey, like, instead of this today, I'm just going to do this with the class. And we talk a lot about that with, with our, with our members as active life coaches is just say, Hey, like when the class is working, you know, if you're working a deadlift strength day at like a five by five, like, Hey, let's work you dumbbell RDLs instead. So mm -hmm. you can still participate and be a good member of the community but also drive home the adaptations that we're at, we're really needing at this point. Yeah. Um, so I like to think I'm a good, a good member. I like, <laughs> I like, but I know like, um, I, I, I know I could probably be better and a conversation with the, the guy who programs is probably uh -huh. inevitable in the future as far as like, Hey, 
because I'm not the only one who's who's rumbling and grumbling about it on the sides. Yeah. And I, I totally mean, and which I totally understand, like writing programming for an entire gym and people with is insanely hard. Um, yeah. And it so is. like I I I have some experience writing programming again for individuals because that's what we that's what we do. Right. So writing it for a whole gym is I can imagine is significantly harder. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it is super difficult. Um, I guess. I just remember the advice that I gave to you, like, give it some time. You're always able to control what you do, how much weights you do, as long as you don't let your ego get in the way of like, Mm -hmm. Hey, um, I, I pushed, I, you know, like you could look at the week's programming or do you not find out? Do you get it? No, we get it. I get it literally either the morning of, or he posts it to be on the whiteboard. He's beyond the whiteboard. He posts it like 10 o'clock at night, the night before, which is usually when I'm asleep. Well, I don't enjoy that sort of programming or that sort of method. Um, I, I understand where it stems from and why a lot of CrossFit mm-hmm. gyms do that. They want to people to avoid cherry picking. They want people to be prepared for anything. Like that's kind of like the, you know, CrossFit mentality. However, from our perspective, um, most of our members are serious about their training. Um, our members are also adults. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if they choose to cherry pick for whatever reason, like that's up to them to do mm-hmm. in the end, you know what I mean? Right. Cause you can still see the programming for that day. And then you can just decide that day, like to not go. And so right. we like to do a week in advance, or I guess it's probably five days. You can see mm-hmm. five days. So you can see five days in advance. And for someone who's serious about training and someone who's like gaining experience, Um, I think it allows them to plan the classes and the workouts into their life. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can look at it, you know, yourself like, okay, um, I really want to get better at squat cleans. So that's where I'm going to put my effort this week. And then I'm going to sacrifice the squats for the next day. And I'm going to go a little bit lighter than they're suggesting so that, um, the next day after that I can do, I can go play volleyball in my like league that I do for fun and I'm not going to have my mm-hmm. legs be destroyed. Right. So it's like, right. you're able to get that planning and you're able mm-hmm. to have a focus like on your training. And so, I mean, but that's the kind of the thing with CrossFit gyms, right? Like they're not all equal. You're able to do whatever you want. You're, right. you're there's no like template or whatever. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. So, um, so I, I guess my, my advice was basically just to like, you do you, and don't let your <laughs> ego of like, oh, well, I have to have, I have to post the heaviest squat clean and the heaviest squats for the next day. And maybe that's right. not what you should be doing. <laughs> right. Right. Which is not <laughs> St- definitely stay yeah. within my realm for, so, for as much as I can. So that's good. And, um, I think too, like once you get some experience, like w- with your gym and, and you get some like trust built up between like you and your coaches and stuff like that, like it, it, at least. I would hope that they would be open to at least having a discussion with you about it. I mean, I know that, um, Kyle at our gym is always open to have a discussion with anyone. If they have any sort of, you know, issues or questions about anything, you know, like, I always feel like if you're going to ask the question, if someone's going to ask you a question and you can't tell them, you can't answer the question and you can't tell them why that's a good, that's a good indication that you should maybe rethink what you're doing. (laughs) Totally. I said that exact same thing to my students. It's a, it's no different, right? PT and like, and coaching and exercise prescription is no different, right? Like PT is just on a, fur, in my opinion, this is my bias. PT is just on a further end of the spectrum. We just meet people earlier than where they are, like in, in the training process, we're still trying to do the same thing. If you can't justify why you're doing what you're doing with a clear rationale, then you should probably rethink what you're doing. Yeah. Do you think, um, or do you find this with like your clients, some clients don't really think about it. They just do what you ask them to. And then other clients are much more skeptical and are like, well, why? And they're always like, why, 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 why? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really a personality thing. Right. And, and, and also like we talked about this earlier, but, and also what they, what they're hoping to gain from being a client. Right. Mm -hmm coach like for your example like you're a coach and so you're also wanting to improve your coaching and understanding so you want a more much larger deeper understanding of what the rationale is behind the activity or behind the 
the exercise prescription versus Bob, who really just wants to get out of back pain, who works as an accountant, who really has no care in the world as far as like why we're doing what we're doing. Um, he just trusts I, the expert. He just trusts where the expert, right? And uh, But at the same time, like that comes with building building trust early. And for me, generally, that provide, that's by me providing rationale as to why we're doing what we're doing in the process that we're going through, right? So being able to, to outline a clear like purpose, process, and payout of all of our all of our exercise choices then gives them, okay, this is why I'm adding this into my program mm-hmm. is to help me with X. And so it generally builds better compliance on my end if people understand why they're doing what they're doing. Um, some, some people don't care and early on I'll use it a lot so that they get a better understanding. We built some rapport and then eventually it's just like, here's your program and they just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're starting to like see some results and mm-hmm. see some changes and stuff, it kind of helps like build that trust, you know, in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the reason why I asked you about that is just because like, <laughs> I can, you like know what you want from when you're a coach, you know, kind of like what your ideal client is, or you have an idea of the type of people that you want to work with, you know? And so when you're a coach, like being coached by someone, you're kind of like, okay, how do I be the ideal client to this person? You know, you like think about (laughs) that. Whereas people who are paying a membership here who, you know, are not a coach and in, in, in any realm at all, you know, there are definitely some people at our gym that coach soccer, that coach little league that, so they have some experience with that sort of stuff. And, and I think that it's kind of eye opening. Do you think to like, mm-hmm. when you like become a coach yourself and then it's just kind of like, Oh, you get this other perspective, totally. you know? And so I was trying, I've been like, just trying my best to like be an ideal client, but at the same time, I'm also like a mess. And like, so I I have a feeling some of the reasons why you would give me an eight out of 10 is because I'm bad at responding. And I sometimes would miss our phone calls. Yeah. And I, and sometimes I, I, I rarely give anybody like 10 out of 10, right? Like, I know a 10 out of 10. I think people always, people always can get better right so yeah <laughs> um, I don't want you to take like the eight out of ten client thing to heart I don't know that I would give any of my clients eight or a ten out of ten yeah. um but I think as far as like you as my client like you've done an incredible job at being consistent and doing exactly like doing what I what we have decided to do together mm-hmm. and set aside a lot of your own personal time and invested a lot of your own personal time. And I think that paid out tremendously for mm-hmm. you. Um, so as far as like, you're definitely in the top tier of like the clients that I've had as far as Ooh, nice. Going- Are you just saying that? Cause I invited you to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like really though, like I I've had clients, right. Like that they, they expect or they have this this preconceived notion of what it looks like and then when it doesn't line up for them they fall off yeah they disappear they they, we get like I mean it's no different here than it is in the gym right like yeah that happens where people have this expectation or like they're like oh wait like I can't work out you're telling me I can't work out for five hours a day when that's what I want to be able to do yeah well that's probably not what what you need to do and that's what my job is is to really help you kind of open your eyes to what you need to be doing as opposed to what you necessarily are doing at this point there's a fine line in the service industry of giving people what they want and what they need mm-hmm. you need to be able to do both um right you need to be able to do a little bit of both right so even if it's not the most ideal thing if it's what they want if it's more in line with what they want you might have to sacrifice a little bit to mm-hmm. get them most of the way and then over time you're probably able to convince them to come all the way over Um, some people you're just not in line with, and there's just not a lot you're going to be able to do about it. And so I think like maturity, being a coach over time, you just get more comfortable with the fact that just some people are not a good fit for you. And that's just the way that it is. Um, I have a certain personality type and I work well with certain personality types. And if you, Mm -hmm. if you're a person who has a personality type that doesn't work well with me, it's just, it's just not going to be. And I'm okay with that, you know? Mm -hmm. 
So totally. there's just some people need more, um, they need more attention or they need more coddling. And it's, that's mm -hmm. not my, that's not my realm. That's not my style. Mm -hmm. And right. so people like that are not going to see as good of success with me as people who like a little more of the tough love and a little more honesty. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's totally. just kind of, um, and I'm that type of person. I would rather you be honest with me and just tell me, like, I don't, I don't do well with like subtlety, you know, like <laughs> just be like, bro, you're not doing what I asked you to do. And this is what I need you to do. And I'll be like, okay, <laughs> I got it. It's fine. I'll do that. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I think also too, um, I'm willing being a coach and being someone who like works for someone else. Like I'm used to taking a lot of criticism, mm -hmm. not like criticism, like being cut down or being told that like I'm a piece of shit or something, but just like I'm being you, I'm used to people assessing that, like the job that I'm doing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so you're used, to, you're used to constructive feedback. Yeah. So I'm used to getting feedbacks. And so like, if you're giving me feedback, I'm much more willing to like take that feedback and not like be personal about it or like, mm -hmm. you know, get upset or like whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. All right, cool. Well, I'm happy that, um, I can report on the podcast that I am a decent client. She, a she's a good client. She's a good client. She's not decent. She's a good client. I'm a decent person to work with. Awesome. I've she's been validated. Client. She's Thanks been a so good much. client and her, and her back her back pain shows because of it. I right? yeah. like when, like when we get, when we, when I get a message that says, Hey, my back feels the best it's felt on a run in two years. Uh -huh. Like I finally ran pain free in two years. Like that's because she's been a good client. Yeah. And she's, and she's also been open and given lots of feedback as far as how she's feeling. Right. So getting, giving feedback and not just saying, Hey, like, yeah, I'm great. Everything's great. And my back is really on fire, but it's great. Like, yeah, like being honest, like is probably like, Hey, this stuff's conclusion. not working for me or yeah. I'm not yeah. seeing the changes, you know, or yeah. I'm not able to get this accessory in, or this accessory is not, I can't do it for like whatever reason. Um, I think that communication is a really good tool. Um, I think that mm -hmm. a lot of people like to keep the stuff inside or, I think there's kind of two camps of people that you coach. Like one is the type of person who doesn't want to burden you. So they don't want to tell you like, oh, hey, I'm not feeling well, or I have this kind of pain. And so you don't even know anything about it. And so you can't help mm -hmm. them like with it, mm -hmm. you know? And then there's the other people who just, just have a harder time, like scaling back and, you know, just like stuff like mm -hmm. that. And so it's just, it's like, if, if you're not able to communicate with the person, if you're not able to really, yeah. you know, cause it's like, you can't feel what I feel. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, so yeah, that communication is huge and everybody on the podcast and in this gym knows all about my thoughts about running. Yep. I have, I have said it like so many times and I literally could not, it, it really was a big, um, it was a really big win for me when I, when I did Murph this year and had to run and it was like, it was literally ridiculous. Just like how good I felt on that. Yeah. I was just like, this is not only a testament to the fact that I've just been consistent for just months and months and, and, and years of just like working on it. But, um, also just like to our programming and stuff at the gym, I just feel like more fit too. Mm -hmm. I'm just like mm -hmm. strong, you know? And so that's like mm -hmm. helped out a lot. Mm-hmm. Strong people are harder to injure, generally more helpful. Harder to so. kill. That's our, uh, kill. that's our logo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> our logo, strong people are harder to kill. <laughs> yeah. Harder to kill. Strong people are harder to kill. They're also generally more useful is like yeah, how the other half sure. of that quote goes. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Being useful is good. So, um, did you have anything like specific or anything like any points that you wanted to make to my audience? about physical therapy or CrossFit, injury prevention, um, injury rehab, not even injury. I sometimes hate to even call it an injury because you're not necessarily injured. You just might have some sort of pain that's like limit that is limiting you. Um, I think if I could give like any one piece of advice to your members on like if they're dealing with aches and pains is 
find someone that you resonate with well, someone that understands you and wants to help you move and can help you kind of move the needle forward. And then if you've been dealing with it for a long time and you've gone as far as you can go, as far as like on your own or even exhaustive resources in your gym is, um, is to get assessed, right? Like whether that's through somebody who's coming into your gym, one of your coaches, um, again, I'm biased because we want, we do coach education. And so, um, having someone who's gone through our immersion program to help assess you and figure out like, Hey, what, what are our limiting motions? Like what, what flexibility, mobility, strength, balance findings do we have and where can we attack those so that you can figure it out? But can, like I said, continuing to do the same thing you've always done. will get you to the same place you've always been. So get assessed and stop guessing, stop saying, stop following Instagram, famous people that are posting, Hey, like do this for your shoulder pain and figure out why it's actually happening in the first place and then move forward. But if you're, if you're not assessing things, you're guessing. Mm-hmm. So stop, stop guessing and get a plan on board would be like my biggest piece of advice for any of your members that are really struggling and to find a, a PT that understands them or find a coach that understands them. Uh, I, I agree with that. Totally. Um, a lot of the guesswork comes, you know, you'll just like not show up to the gym on those days that has movements that hurt your shoulder or you'll, um, quit training for a month. Cause you think like, you just need to take the time off. And right. when maybe there was some things that you could be doing that were actually going to get you better in that month rather right. than what you're doing. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, ignoring it or trying to guess or do it on your own is probably not going to work if it's something that's actually, if, if, if you actually have something kind of serious going on and not like, oh, I mm-hmm. sprained my ankle on a rock while I was running or something. Right, right. Yeah, and like things will like, again, like acute injuries will generally get better, stuff like that. But like, especially longer term chronic things like rest is generally probably not the, the recipe a lot of the time right? Like figuring out how, like why those tissues are getting loaded extra to buy by addressing like range of motions and things like that, that you may be limited in. And mm-hmm. then doing that is probably going to be the best avenue as opposed to, Hey, I'm just going to rest it for like two weeks and then go try to do it again. When yeah. my shoulder feels a little bit better, you'll probably like, you're, it's probably not going to change anything. Um, there are definitely yeah. times where rest is a pro is the appropriate thing or it, but um, for a lot of times, if it's longer term, like that might not be the best thing to do. So. Right. Yeah. More for like an acute injury, you know, a rest might be good for you to bring right. down some inflammation and stuff like that. Right. You smack your finger with a hammer. You don't go do a bunch of, you don't go do a bunch of snatch work or a bunch of like hanging from a pull bar. Right. Like you let it, you let it heal up, but yeah, like, like your shoulder hurts every time that you snatch or every time you have to hang from a pull bar or every time you, you do a shoulder press, like those are things that we could probably address and it's been and months and it's been or years or years yeah. like we have members i know members that are modifying movements for years yeah right like oh yeah oh we have we have strict press today not going to do that i'm going to sub it for something else or just mm-hmm. not going to go that day so mm-hmm. like like stop assessing or stop guessing and start assessing yeah. things i think it is true you do kind of get a little worse like over time if you if you, uh, don't use, I mean, if you, if you don't use it, you lose it, especially like muscle and stuff like that, you know, yeah. it can range of emotion like, muscles. Yeah. It, you can totally get bound up, you know? And, um, I find with my shoulder, um, to get better, the overhead carries really helps me a lot and they have to be like loaded heavy, which is like, it seems counterintuitive, but if I load up my shoulder heavy and do overhead carries, I will, I feel so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, your shoulder hurts. You shouldn't do that. It's like, no, actually this is what makes it feel better. (laughs) Yeah. This is the thing that it needs. I I can tell if I've been neglecting doing those things, if I've been neglecting that, like maintenance work, I can, I can really tell. Yeah. Totally. Which is why, which is why you have assessments, right? You mm-hmm. want to see strength balance. You want to see some symmetry. You want to see some things. And so being able to constantly, constantly assess where you're at and then mm-hmm. what's moving, what's not moving well, and then going from there. Yeah. But you have to have the tools in your toolbox to do that. Or you yeah. have to have a coach that has the tools in the toolbox to do that. Yeah, definitely. 
Okay, so I'm getting a little worried that um, about my recording getting too long and then somehow not being able to upload or something. <laughs> so okay. um, we've had a good conversation for the last, you know, 45 minutes or so. So um, I've definitely enjoyed having you on. Did you have any like parting words of wisdom? Um, More Shannon's than what you've already good, said. Shannon, Shannon's been an excellent client. Um, no, like I, I want to say thanks for having me on the podcast. It's been a lot of fun to have this yeah. conversation. And um, if you have questions or, or want to reach out to me, you, uh, you can do that uh, through Active Life or um, Instagram. Maybe Shannon will drop my Instagram like in the show notes, if that would be cool for you. Um, but um, I think people should follow Active Life on Instagram too, because they like to drop like nuggets they like to ask the controversial questions and then have like debates in the comments and stuff it's super entertaining a lot of times thought-provoking and um so i super enjoy following them on the gram for sure cool yeah check us out at active life rx um we do like a lot of assessments so if you guys can't find a coach or um mm -hmm. if coach shannon decides to go through the immersion then maybe <laughs> we can talk about that but, uh, I would love to do that sometime. I'm just not sure, um, on the timing, if, if I can devote the time and the energy to something like that. And if I want to create like that type of a job for myself, right. Totally. Yeah. So we'll I know we've just talked about it. So I'm giving you hard. I just like to give you a hard time, <laughs> but no, um, it's been a pleasure working with Shannon. We're taking a break for a little while up until the fall so she can do her farm thing. So it'll be, yeah. it'll be great. Maybe we'll jump on another podcast at some point and kind of talk a little yeah, bit for more sure. about. Um, so to me, this is a never ending conversation. We Always. could probably talk about it for hours on end. Um, no one would want to listen to that though. So we got to do it in like little bite-sized pieces. <laughs> Chunks. Gonna chunk it out a little bit. Yeah. Like so that people could, you know, on their drive to work, they can listen to the pod a couple of days in a row and, and get it listened to, you know, kind of have right. to like think about it in those terms. Um, you don't want to overwhelm people too much. So right. Anyway, totally. yeah. Um, it's great to have you on. I do enjoy talking to you, and I do feel like we've definitely developed a better relationship just being able to like talk. So yeah, that's kind of my um I'm a talker. I don't know if you I don't know if you know gathered. That. Gathered. <laughs> That's why I'm doing the podcast, everyone. You figured that out by now. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, I'll be keeping in contact with you, I'm sure, over Instagram for the next couple of months. And then we'll all start working hard again this fall when I have a little bit more time. And um, thanks for coming on. And we'll see you guys in the gym. Okay. Good luck, guys. <laughs>